0: Hey folks welcome to the georgia field hunting podcast episode 14 i'm your host brian grossman and today man i got a great episode for you i know it's been a long time i'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute uh, but the episode we got coming up we'll be talking with robert carter uh, robert's a traditional bow hunter in southeast georgia who uh, mainly hunts public land and he is a uh he is a killer a natural born killer he uh when it comes to deer hogs and and turkey too i believe um he has a knack for uh for filling those georgia tags and he's already i believe up to nine deer this season and uh, last year killed 12 and again that's all with a traditional with traditional archery and mainly hunting private i mean i'm sorry public land and he's gonna share some some tips and techniques and how he goes about filling those tags today. And man, as a uh, as a public land hunter myself, uh, I just got a, a lot of information from it that I know I can turn around and put to use, um, hopefully some this season and definitely in the next season. And I know you will too. So definitely stick around for that. We're gonna jump right into that here in just a minute. Uh, but I do wanna take a minute to, first of all, I want to <laughs> I wanna apologize for taking so long Uh, to get this episode out. Um, I know some of you probably just figured I had, uh, just gave up on the podcast at this point, which is certainly not the case. Um, man, I just got busy with, uh, of course with deer season, like all you guys, I'm out there trying to hunt every opportunity I get. Uh, and when I'm not hunting you know, I'm trying to spend that, that time with my, my family and, uh, you know, take care of those obligations. Obviously it's always, you know, my family first and uh you know hunting hunting next and then uh, try to get this content out to you guys we have done a little bit of video content um the the one doe that i've killed this season uh, on public land uh, got it on uh, on video i self self filmed that and that is on our youtube channel along with a a doe that evan killed on on the same piece of public land and, uh, man, Evan has just, uh, he's been killing it this season. You know, this is his first year bow hunting, first year hunting public land, and he's already killed three or three or four, I think three deer. Um, I'm, I, he'll, he'll, he'll let me know for sure if I messed that up, but I know he's killed at least three deer on public land. That's, that's a, uh, that's a heck of a start for a guy just, uh, just getting started in the public land game. He's uh, hey he's ahead of where I am right now and uh but we're both still at it still trying to fill those tags i'm still trying to fill a buck tag uh and don't plan on giving up until the sun sets on the last day of season so uh, definitely stick around for that but we will be or i will be um you know doing a better job of, of getting the, this podcast and content out to you uh, i'm not going to guarantee that it's going to be every week on the same day you know uh, every single time but uh it, it'll be a, a lot more regular than it has been and uh, we'll try to get some good guests on here for you and uh you know so you can learn from them. i enjoy learning from these guests and and that's what it's all about and of course you know a lot of it's been a uh, focus on deer up to this point and we'll still have some of that uh, but you know as the year ends and we get into next year um we'll certainly turn our attention to some other things hogs maybe some predator hunting um I'm not a waterfowl hunter, but I wouldn't mind getting a, a waterfowl hunter on here to talk to. Um, and, you know, turkey, we'll definitely be talking as we approach turkey season uh, to some turkey hunters and and maybe a, a turkey biologist, that kind of stuff, to get some information for you guys. So definitely stay tuned for all that. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please take a minute to do that. That way you're always notified when the when the next one comes out. And you can do that. We're pretty much on all the major podcast platforms, you know, iTunes, Google Play, um, uh, Pandora and iHeartRadio, any of the major uh, platforms. You should be able to find us at Georgia Field. So do that. And we'd also love it if you take a few minutes and leave us a positive review. That, That means a lot to me uh, to kind of get those words of encouragement. And that's really what keeps me going. When I get the messages, the reviews, let me know that you got something from one of the podcasts, uh, that's made you, you know, a better hunter or a more successful hunter. Um, that means a lot to me. So be sure to do that. And I think that's it. We'll talk a little more after the interview, but with that, let's go ahead and jump on the phone here with, uh, Robert Carter all right guys i'm on the line here with robert carter uh robert how you doing
1: i'm doing good man how are you
0: doing I- i'm doing pretty good um but not evidently I- i'm not doing as good as as you are uh when it when it comes to putting deer in the freezer this year so from from what i've seen on on social media it looks like uh you've been having a pretty good season
1: I've i've had a pretty good season that's uh i'm just killing deer though now you probably after the big bucks i'm uh i'm just trying to fill the freezer up it's a little easier doing it like that
0: what's what's the uh what's the body count up to now in the in the carter freezer well, killed nine nine deer so far. Nine. There, oh, yeah that's, that's a heck of a season hey I, I like filling the freezer up too i don't i don't let too many uh does walk by in range of me when I had the chance and, uh, I'm certainly not a big trophy hunter, um, for that matter either. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I try to try to shoot for decent bucks, but, uh, man, I, I just honestly haven't even, haven't even seen, uh, but one good buck this year. And that was, uh, just way too far off. He was chasing a doe across a greenfield, but, um, but yeah, so nine deer is uh, in my book. That's that's a good season, regardless of whether any of them, you know, have a big rack or not on their head. Especially um, now, you are a uh, pretty much a, a traditional hunter as well. Is that correct? Traditional bow hunter?
1: Yes, sir. That's all I hunt with is uh, traditional bows. I, that's all I've hunted with for probably uh, that's about over twenty five years. A long time. I've hunted tra- with traditional bows for for nearly 40 years but it's been traditional only no compound or gun for that long
0: okay now how uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, maybe you can just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself as far as I mean how you got started in hunting and, and maybe how that led to being a traditional bow hunter
1: well I, I mean I was raised in South Georgia out in the country on a farm and it was just so you know you've got a certain age you got a gun put in your hand and it's a <laughs> way of life you know hunting and mostly squirrel hunting There weren't hardly any deer around home I, uh, my granddaddy liked the squirrel hunting and dove shoots you know that was a big thing and and they were actually a good many quail back then fence rows and quail and uh my uncles had bird dogs and uh one of them was a a houndsman he had fox hounds, and they'd stay up all night listening to the kind of crazy it would be freezing to death at night hearing a fox sound chase a fox and never shooting but just <laughs> trying to see him cross the road <laughs> yeah you uh, know but anyway it was still fun you know it's a, it's, but uh i grew up hunting, and it was, like i said and uh then uh started you know i remember we started seeing some deer tracks and actually seeing some deer and uh and uh, i took up deer hunting you know and uh I really don't remember how old I was deer hunting. I know, but the bow hunting thing, I've always been fascinated with bows and and had bows as a kid and shooting. And uh, I had an uncle, my Uncle R.L. actually knew the right way to shoot a stick bow. He knew how to anchor and the basic forms. And uh, so as my 10 or 12-year-old kid, I learned to shoot right, you know. And uh, so anyway, I carried on all the way through till now.
0: Yeah. So once you, once you took up deer hunting, do you still, uh, you still squirrel hunt and s- small game, all that, or are you just pretty much a, a deer oh, yeah.
1: hunter? I, I focus on killing deer when it's deer season, but, uh, every now and then, like I'll take a day to, to go walk and basically scout, but I'll have my bow and I'll be hunting pigs in, on you know, 99% public land. And right. then, uh but after deer season I'll grab that 22 and and try to uh, uh, to me squirrels that's the number one number one table fare for wild game to me nothing beats it and uh I'll try to get a site full of squirrels
0: yeah now how do you uh not to get too far off course here but how do you like to cook them
1: oh man I'm from the south we fry (laughs)
0: everything there you go yeah
1: we we boil them up get them good and tender you know and, and uh
0: and uh for I'm up. Okay. Now you mentioned that you're your primary a public land hunter. Um now how how did that come about? Was that was that uh just necessity out of, of not having a place to hunt or or do you prefer hunting private or public land or uh like I said how did that well, come I, about? I, actually I um
1: there were there are more deer out towards the river here. I live in Athens County. There were more deer out towards the river, you know, in the big, big, big woods, I guess you would call them as compared to this farmland around the house here. And uh, when I when I first got interested in deer hunting, and then there's a the management area, Bullard Creek. And, uh, you know, people—you know some people will that you hunt on your place, but I didn't know anybody out there, and I got to go as a guest a time or two, but I could go to that management area and not. Every time it was open, you know, and, uh, so I, I, and, uh, there was a management area in Cersei, Georgia called Dial's pasture. It's 10,000 acres and I hunted a lot over there. It's gone now. It's uh, private land now, but, and and, you know, I just mainly because it's a place I could go and, uh, I started hunting public land.
0: Yeah. Now, do you, do you travel around a good bit to hunt public land or do you just mainly hunt the ones there around your house or?
1: Uh, I hunt the ones close by my house here. I hunt, uh, like I said, Bullard Creek is less than 20 miles. Horse Creek is, I think, maybe 35. Uh, got big hammocks probably 20 miles. I mean, you know, within 30-minute drive, I can be, there's a whole bunch of acres I can hunt.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. there's actually an archery-only track that just came about a couple of years ago. It's like 15 miles from the house. And, uh, this, this I mean, there's a, I, I I actually got joined a few clubs for a few years, and uh, paid big money for clubs and where I could hunt right across the river or either right across the the posted sign on management areas for nineteen dollars. Then you know, <laughs> I got to thinking about it. I said, man, I I can buy a lot of stuff for this thousand dollars I paid to join this club.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I did the same thing this season. My my neighbor. Uh, got me you talked me into getting in a lease with him and i did and it was i mean it was a relatively inexpensive lease to start with but uh I, i've yet to step foot on it this deer season just uh just because man yeah. I, i'd just rather hunt the public land i'm kind of in the same situation as you i'm I'm in the west central part of the state but you know i have multiple wma's within 30 minutes to an hour of me i mean i can be on a, a bunch of different properties and um be hunting all the time, you know, especially several of them are archery only, so that's always open, and then uh, you know, like you said, yeah. you got check-in hunts and sign-in hunts and stuff happening, so um, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I, so I, I really
1: I really like the public land, and I have found uh, I believe, now I, I don't hunt a lot of check-in hunts simply because there's a lot of people but there's something going around uh, around me here somewhere all the time, archery only so, uh, and, and there's less pressure like that. And, and if you hunt the same places, you begin to see the same people. And, and I've made some really good friends, but I believe that there is less tension on some of the public land compared to some of the clubs I've been in and a club, a, a guy that's been in there 10 years and you've been in there a year where they, they think they pretty much have the run of the place and you have to hunt where you can right yeah and uh on public on public land I'll have me a dozen spots picked out and if I, if I pull up to a spot and they have a truck there well shoot it ain't no big deal I got some more places to go to
0: yeah exactly yeah you hear <laughs> you go into yeah, a club
1: you go into a club and, and uh get in the wrong spot and it'll be it, it'll be ugly <laughs>
0: yep yeah you hear so many horror stories about about public land and, and I know you know people have run-ins and, and I understand that but um You know it's not near as bad as it's made out to be and i've been Uh hunting been hunting public land off and on for 25 years myself and and i've had one really bad experience you know where where words were said but uh uh, you know other than that you know yeah you might have somebody walk up on you you might walk up on somebody else but you know most of the time they're courteous enough to to wave and go on their way and and you know there's there's just no issues there but uh it it definitely gets a bad rap from from some people
1: oh yeah yeah it's uh i I don't know you you got one of my techniques for hunting public land is the number one thing is get away from people yeah i mean if if you walk down this road and you find a spot and there's like a dozen pine trees. You can see where climbers have been up and down them. You're crazy if you think you're gonna go like that. Nobody's gonna mess with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so yeah, you, you know, I, you know, if there's a bunch of ribbons going out through there. I don't, I don't go out through there. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, good. That's a good transition because that's one thing I really want to get into is is kind of some of the the techniques and and stuff for you know how how you've been successful and and i guess we'll kind of start out with with this season like you said you've killed nine deer um how have those been spread out as far as uh, most of those come early season or uh they kind of been spread across the season pretty evenly or how's that how's that progressed
1: i i usually uh, this year and pretty much every year i usually the first month i usually kill several deer and strictly from hunting for simmons and uh, and 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 plus, I, I I mean I'm I'm out to fill the freezer. I kill the first five legal deer I see, and that that gets within fifteen yards. I don't like to shoot farther than fifteen yards. Yeah. And uh, but hunting persimmons, I hunt persimmons, and I have a bunch of I'll have a bunch of them picked out, you know that are that are hot, you know. And uh, then usually as and the persimmons are good because around here. I'm talking about persimmons in the swamp now. I'm not talking about the ones that grow in the fence rows, places like that. But they'll drop early. Some of them will be dropping. They'll be hot the first day of bow season. You'll find one that's on fire. So I, I'll hunt persimmons, and as they begin to taper off, you'll get in. You know, you'll find there'll be some water oaks maybe dropping then, and then, uh, you get in say maybe the second week of October to the third week of October, then the red oaks start dropping here. I know a lot of guys, they live live the white oaks, but white oaks don't do anything down here much for mine. They don't, They don't. you know, I hear people saying that they drop early, the first week or two of the season for them up, maybe even up there where you're at, but they don't around here. They'll drop second, third week of October. And uh, so I, I sell them. I probably, I've probably killed less deer on a white oak than any other kind of tree I've hunted. Well, th- but, this... Uh, I go to the experiment first
0: well for me and i don't i don't know you know who all this applies to but just something i noticed this year was exactly what you just said uh in that this year now now normally it seems like the white oaks do drop early up here um and and you can you know the deer will really hit them but this year it, it was the red oaks up even up here that that were dropping early the scarlet oaks and um and the deer were were really hammering on those and then the white oaks like you said, really i mean you're about right on the right white oaks from what i've seen it was you know mid mid to late october before they really started dropping and and i just never did which you know maybe i didn't get out and look around enough but i, I never did really see where they were keying in on those uh the way i did those those early red oaks but that, it seemed a little different for yeah. up here but that, that sounds like uh that's that's what's typical for for you down there in the southeast yeah. Yeah,
1: one reason that anybody that ever talks to me about hunting, we talk about persimmons because that is my favorite thing to hunt. <laughs> Simply because there's uh there's nothing else dropping down here at the time. You may find that that rare water oak that drops, or even live oak, sometimes will be pretty hot down here. But down in the swamp, then persimmons, they they'll be hot, and you can kill a lot of deer on persimmons. And, and uh, if you're in an area that's got hogs, you always have a chance to shoot that hog coming to them too and uh but at, like i said i'll transition from there to uh when the, when the red oaks begin to drop uh, water oaks and red oaks and uh i've killed more deer on water oaks than anything i've hunted and but the red oaks are that's an overlooked tree i mean they you kill a lot of deer on red oaks i killed a fine buck this year on public land he, he was only a six point but he was uh, he, i think he was probably a solid four and a half years old he was about 185 pounds i shot him at six yards <laughs> under a hot red oak tree. he uh i mean you walk you walk to the tree the ground tore up there's four or five piles of deer droppings on it it was two scrapes under it and a rub i climbed it the first evening and i said it and 20 minutes before dark he was standing six yards from me
0: mm.
1: and uh so i mean it's a re, a red oaks are, are good and and they uh they usually time about right the pre-rut when your bucks are really out starting to move and make scrapes and a deer from a mile away comes, you know, they, they, they that far away from their home range, maybe you start to see, see uh, a lot of different buck movement. And uh, that's, that's fun about it. We, we camp, I camp on a management area here every year. The last week of October, we've been doing it for, I want to say 15 years or so. And uh me and some all traditional hunters, a bunch of us hunting with longbows, kind of a, a gathering deal we do. And uh but we kill some stuff now. And and we uh that's that's when I killed that deer over there. And my buddy buddy that hunts with me, he hunts with a longbow, he killed uh, the next day killed an eight point, the next day killed a doe, the next day killed an eight point. And uh all on red oaks. Wow. No, and, um, and if you better read the books and listen to people talk, they say, "Oh, the deer don't like red oaks; that's so the white oaks." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you not matter what tree it is; you walk and look under it if it shows sign, you know it.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Don't matter what the book says; <laughs> it matters no. what the deer are doing. But uh, before, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I want to talk more about those oaks. But before we do, you, you uh, piqued my interest. Was one thing you talked about the difference in a persimmon down in the swamp and one up in the fence line. Now. It, explain that to me a little bit what's is it you talking about is it just two different uh two different varieties or what, what's going on with with that
1: i, I don't uh, i don't know if they're you know i mean it could be just the terrain they grow in i don't know but the persimmons in the swamp they'll be black light pole black i mean they'll be black the, and you see them it's not uncommon to see one as big as a light pole the trunk of it and they grow just as tall as the trees in the swamp there, the big chestnuts and water oaks. And they'll, uh, they, they drop early. They'll, they'll start turning loose. I mean, I've actually seen some that were fell out by both seasons, but they'll drop early. The ones in the, and they'll have real big, I guess because it's the moist in the swamp, they'll have big, big percentage. And the ones on the fence rows up on your, your, see a lot of them on sand ridges, maybe places like that. It's a tree that uh, that won't get 20 feet tall maybe might be a big one sort of you know in the persimmons you'll see um the persimmons will still be holding on the tree when the leaves are gone sometime yeah yeah and, and they drop they drop later they drop, and, and the what the difference in it for me is the one in the swamp drops sooner than anything else like I said a while ago there's no acorns to compete with and you dare not a scattered out feeding they come into that one spot. Okay. Whereas the one gotcha. up on the fence row it's it's dropping and you got all these other acorns dropping, crab dropping, and you know, and your deer are scattered. Uh, you can find a persimmon in the swamp and and uh the, the one that has hogs in it, and they'll be like a cow trail going from one hot persimmon to the next. You can find persimmons in the swamp and walk in the pig trails.
0: Yeah. Okay. So approaching the early season then you obviously you're focused on persimmons are you finding that the same the same persimmon trees are are producing for you every year or as far as producing deer uh, shot opportunities or are you getting in there at the beginning of season and and you scouting and and looking for the one they're hitting at that moment or how do you approach you know finding the right place to be uh, on those persimmon or among those persimmon trees i guess
1: well, the the trees I hunt, you know, the ones that I know where they're at, I'll, uh, I'll, in August, you know, small game season, you can hunt pigs. So I'll have my bow, and I'll go check all these trees with my binoculars and find the ones, you know, that I expect to be loaded. And sometimes you'll have a tree that's been loaded two or three years in a row, you know, and it won't have a thing on it. But, you know, I'll find the hot ones. So that'll narrow it on down to a handful, maybe in that section there. And then there's nothing to do but come back a, a day or two before hunting time and see which one's on fire.
0: And and, what, and
1: and if if I have two if I have two different ones that are that are, you know, hot enough to hunt, I'm gonna hunt the one that I feel I have the best wind out of. I'd rather hunt one in a flat spot than one that's upside of say the bank where it drops off into the swamp or close to the river or, or close to a real deep slough where the wind'll tunnel, you know. Yeah, I'd rather hunt one that's in a flat flat place and thick. I want to hunt the thicker one.
0: Okay. But
1: usually I'll wind up hunting both of them. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, the technique I use, I, I you know, people that hang a, they'll go in and hang a stand three weeks before the season and leave it there and come back. I don't do that. I seldom hunt the same tree twice. The way I hunt a tree, I, I got, say I got this hopper stem and I'm on a hunt, I'll go that afternoon. Climb on it with my climber, or either use, uh, use a lock on. Whatever I'm gonna do, uh, I'll hunt it that evening. Come back the next morning, and then go to another spot. I, I seldom come back to the to the to that same tree unless it's really wore out. You know, I may come back and give it a try, but I believe you have your best look the first time you set something. And by that first time, I mean in first morning and first evening. Yeah, because I mean it could be different groups of deer coming. You know, morning and evening. And uh, you know they have their pattern, but I'll give it that morning and evening sit. Then I go hunt that first time at another spot, and felt uh, like I said, sell them duck come back and climb my place twice.
0: Okay, and and what are you specifically looking for? That or what's going to make you say, okay, th- this tree's hot. This this is where I need to hunt. What are what kind of sign or or what's it take to you know really say, hey, this is where I need to be.
1: I want a persimmon. They, I want to. I'll stand up there, and if there's one or two persimmons on the ground, you know, and actually, you know, it'd be good to be some deer droppings there. But uh, but, you know, and usually a persimmon is in a place where you can see tracks, you know, to be moist ground or, or something like that. And I just say it'll be. I don't know if you've ever come up on one in the swamp that was on fire. It'll it'll look like you drug hairs under it a lot of times. I mean, it'll be just wore out. And, uh, and you can see it. You don't have to walk up to the tree. You can see it from 40 yards away and tell hey, I, that's a good one. I better go look at it. But, uh, if it's got 20 persimmons on the ground, I kind of lean away from it. I may come back and check it later because if, if a persimmon is feeding good, you'll never see more than two or three persimmons on the ground. and jokes will be steady coming and getting
0: them. Yeah. Well. That's that's good, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, for as much on the ground, that's a pretty good sign. They're not hitting it hard enough. Huh? No, no
1: And you know, and you might can set a place like Adam Killdeer that evening, but but I I believe in uh, a friend of mine, Mister One One, he hunts. He he hunts high percentage places, and so I'll go look at all these places, and then the one that I feel like this is this is the one that as the are dropping, they are picking them up quick you know, a high percentage place. And that includes the wind too. And maybe even the tree to climb. If there's not a tree to climb, this, you know, I'm a 15 yard shooter. If if the closest tree is 20, 25 yards, even if a 10 deer uh, evening coming in there, if I'm not close enough to them, that's not a high percentage place for me. And I'll go somewhere else. Right. What, I know it sounds crazy, but, which, but I, I ain't there to see them. I can watch deer on TV. I'm there to kill
0: them. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> which, which, That that brings up a good point. How? um, What are you hunting out of? Are you you use a climber? Use a hang on, or uh, what? I
1: I use a long most of the time, and uh, I use an old climber. And as I get older, it 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 gets where it's less comfortable. And I recently bought a uh, actually this year, I bought a Summit Specialist. And it's it's like sitting in a recliner compared to what I was used to. I can you know six hour sit is nothing in it, and I really like it. But it's it like anything new. It has some bugs in it. It's a little noisy, but I I got all the bugs out of it, and I, I feel really good with it. Yeah, and uh, safe. I feel safe in it as well, and that's a key thing, especially as I get older. And I got a I hunt with a lone wolf uh, lock on. Okay, and uh, I, I like it it's a the quietest stand I've ever used, and a pretty comfortable stand. You can adjust for the lean of the tree because you know there's, you know that's the one way to read a good hot tree. If you go up to a tree and and it looks like it's on fire, well if there's not any good trees to climb around it, that means it's probably a really good spot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for my look. <laughs> so you know you go to one that has really good trees to climb, it probably won't be that good. That's how it works for me.
0: Yeah. Now do have you ever you ever hunted them off the ground or are you just strictly gonna be in a tree?
1: Them. I'm gonna be in a tree, that's high percentage.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So I mean I
1: am still doing the ground but every time I have it, it's been like, you know, I'm walking and crap, there's a deer. <laughs> and it just works out like that. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. All right. So you're focusing on persimmons at the very beginning of the season, um and as those start to fade, you're transitioning to red oaks. Then primarily is what you said. Yeah, water oaks. Water oaks are red oaks. Water oaks are red oaks. Once
1: the water oak starts dropping, once the water oaks starts dropping, uh, like I said, some of them will be dropping early. Both season, you'll have trees that I got. I know where some trees are dropping right now. They'll drop real late in the year. They have. Well, your red oaks, they only have like a couple of week period there that they drop.
0: Right. So, how do you approach? How do you approach? Now, I know, you know, some of these WMAs you've obviously been hunting for years and, and you know where to go, but, um, you know, if, if you're relatively new to this WMA and, you know, say that it's got water oaks and red oaks scattered all across it, um, are you looking for anything else? Are are you trying to find those oaks, say close to thick cover, or are you looking at terrain features, or or how would you go about, you know, approaching a, a a new property and getting out there and and looking for, you know, where you needed to set up on these oak trees?
1: What I, you know, scouting is is the key to success, and what I do is I, I don't try to learn the property two days before a hunt, and I, I mean, you know, if the if you're hunting public land, it's probably, you know, you're hunting a track that's, that's accessible to you pretty close. I want to go to that joker in February during small game when the leaves are off and I can walk and see the lay of the land. You can see uh, where everybody's, you know, just got through deer hunting. You can see where everybody hunts, the meaning the really human-pressured places. You can see, I can see persimmons in the swamp because they're like solid black trees and they're easy to spot in the swamp. And then, uh, you know, you can see your big, uh, swamp chestnuts, another really good tree I like to hunt. You can see those. And it's just, you know, you can tell a lot about, about a place when there's no leaves. And I'll just cover ground and, and learn, you know, I'll, I'll first of all, I'll decide the places I'm not going to hunt, the, meaning the places are getting hammered by other people. And then I'll, you know, the remaining stuff, and it's usually going to be far or either really thick or both. Then that's where I focus on finding the food at. And you can tell, I mean, if it was a a red oak that was on fire, you walk under that joker and kick the leaves out, and you'll see it. You'll see maybe old droppings kick you a few places out. You'll see chewed up acorns. You know, and and usually the red oaks are dropping when deer are starting to really, really rub a lot and fall, and you'll see old paw marks and rubs and things. And then a persimmon, when you walk up on a persimmon, especially if there's hogs there, You'll see uh hog you know, hog rubs around it or you know, a hog a hook a little tree just like a deer with that so they'll do it with his teeth. You'll see you'll see teeth marks in the trees and you'll say, Well this 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 tree here feeds. So you definitely wanna come back and check it. But anyway, I'll pick out a block and find all these different trees and uh take hey, there ain't nothing. then you you know, you come back with your binoculars during uh August and see which ones have got fruit on.
0: Them. Yeah. I'm trying to go so, from there. So, uh, I mean, you're not particularly then f- just focused on I got to be near thick cover, but if it's there, that's a bonus. Is, is that kind of yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, here? well, I want to be as quick as possible, but but uh,
1: the thick cover keeps the people out, right? Yeah, you know, a rifle hunter, a rifle hunter wants to be able to see 150 yards, and uh, <laughs> and so you know and and then you get into thick places you know i don't care i don't care if i can't see 20 yards that's a pretty hot 20 yards i'm good with it
0: yeah that's right so do you do you uh do you use aerial photos or maps or anything like that to to scout before you go into a piece or are you just pretty much boots on the ground i do not i enjoy walking it's good for you oh yeah and, uh,
1: <laughs> I, i'm shooting a i shooting ai shoot a traditional bow you know like i said and uh I have a quiver full of old, my old junk airs for shooting at squirrels, and uh, I carry me a couple of broadheads for uh, in case I run across a pig. And I just enjoy a day shooting. You know, we we like I said, we recently got some some new areas around here, and that's what I do. I walk them out. I'll take a sandwich and something to drink and spend all day. Yeah, and uh, learning a, learning a, a block,
0: you know. Yep. And yeah. uh, you
1: you got to have your multiple places. And another thing too, I hear a lot of people say, well. I've I'm hunting this imaginary area right here by my house. It don't it don't have a whole lot of deer in it, and I ain't seeing a whole lot. Well, to me, that's crazy. I mean, I would rather drive two hours and hunt something that that is really hot, that it has more deer, less pressure, than hunt a place that you just keep hunting and hunting and hunting and don't see deer. Oh, it's yeah. like hunting in the swamp. People say. I mean, I kill. I would be willing to say 75% of the deer I kill in the swamp, I kill more than a mile from the truck. And people say, man, you walk way, I'd, I'd rather walk a mile and know I'm going to see a deer than walk 200 yards and hope I see one.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and it's not hard. People think, uh, man, that's a long way. It's just really not. I I, I bone my deer out. I carry a backpack like everybody else, and I have everything I need. I, I, I carry uh, plastic bags. And uh, during the summer maybe even a pillowcase case where uh, they meet to cool quick or uh, not summer but you know early season and uh hot weather but uh you know if you you're gonna hunt a mile from the truck you just allow yourself time to get there you know if it takes me a, a, I, I killed uh no I didn't kill a deer I I had a shot at a doe this year I was hunting like I said on our hunt over there that we gather but uh I timed it. I had to to walk three-quarters of a mile on a straight line with a GPS, so it probably wound up being a mile. And it took me 45 minutes from the truck to when I sat down in the stand. And uh, you just allow yourself that time and and not get in a rush to get to that good spot. And uh, I don't know, that's part of the enjoyment of me is is getting there and the excitement of it is... You you learn you have, you learn some lessons and some of them are hard from hunting far away from a truck like this. But, oh yeah. but, uh, As you, as, you know, as as you as you get used to it, it's really I love it being back there. I don't I I've not had a single person walk up on me in, in probably three years in the woods hunting public land. I mean yeah. I've not seen them you know from the tree. I've not seen anybody. Yeah. And I hunted a lot. I hunt a lot.
0: Yep, yeah, that's a no. good thing no. about, you know, if you just get off the beaten path, you, you can get away from, easily get away from, you know, 90% of, of the, the competition.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, but you don't have to do that. There's I've uh, killed deer close as well, but in thick places, really thick places the people just, you know, like I said, a gun hunter wouldn't hunt it because he can't see nothing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, most people just don't want to tear through some thick stuff. A couple of good places I hunt are where I I park on down the road and walk in where there's a culvert right here, like a little creek or something, and it'll be a jungle, and that would be the easy place to go in, and once you go in 100 yards, it may open up into a really pretty place, but it's thick all the way around it everywhere, you know? Nobody hunts them.
0: Huh. That's a good tip there. I like that. So from your experience okay you're finding these hot trees and but obviously that's that's constantly changing i guess how how long from from what you've seen will a will a tree kind of remain hot i guess you'd say how, how long will they concentrate on a tree before they they move on to, to the next one
1: well that, yeah down here the tree that's is dropping right then, like you you can go in and find a red oak that's dropping, say it's been dropping for long enough, their deer are really on it, and there's more trees in that area, they'll they'll tend to start going to to the one that's just starting to drop fresh. And and when you set in the bottom, if there's 50 squirrels in a tree over there, 100 yards away from you, that's where you need to be at tomorrow, probably. And, uh, you know, and I, I killed a deer, I got a video, I'm going to post it in a probably in a couple of days it's, it's a couple of years old but I found a red oak that was really hot I thought the day before and I went in that evening to climb it and while I was sitting there looking you know about to get my gear ready to go up the tree I could hear a bunch of crows in a red oak probably about 75 yards away and the acorns were raining out of it and you know crows were knocking the acorns out and I walked over there and there were there were like five piles of fresh deer droppings under it I climbed my <laughs> right there and killed a doe that evening yeah. and uh, you know, you just got the, you got the, you got the, and I may, have, who knows, I may kill one at the first tree because it had deer droppings under it too. But I think the fresher acorns are the ones that get on.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's one thing that, and and I heard that I think on a podcast. I don't remember who was talking about it, but I've just starting this year. I've tried to to take time when I get into a spot. You know, if I'm hunting oaks like that, before I ever set up, I'll just stop and listen and see if they're, you know, if I can hear a tree dropping in yeah. in the oh, yeah. in the area you know see if, see if you can hear one that that like you said that's that's dropping now dropping fresh acorns and uh if so you know that's that's where you set up so have oh yes you... it's uh go ahead. go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no no you go ahead uh,
1: the uh the crow deal don't always work don't think that <laughs> since then I went to the trees crows were knocking acorns out of and uh, didn't see nothing but <laughs> but it, it, it you know they do put acorns on the ground and, and it's something to come back and check the next day or the next and they I mean because I think they actually almost cleaned that tree out because they stayed in it all evening and it was just acorns were bouncing off of me off my stand and uh, but I mean you know it's they, they go to what what's fresh I believe and, and you know your acorns I'm not sure if this is this is a fact but a lot of acorns that's been on the ground a day or two have a worm in them and I always thought that the worm got in the acorn you know like a fruit tree you know if you don't spray it then the you know the the worm starts before the fruit really gets out but on the acorns they, the worms get in them on the ground a lot that makes sense and you know, a deer won't eat a wormy acorn yeah Especially if you look at big chestnut. If you'll, if you'll, uh, a big swamp chestnut, that's a really good tree. I like to hunt them. And you can look at, you know, I, I was actually in the swamp yesterday walking around. And, uh, you could pick up, I said, man, this tree's got a lot of acorns." I picked half of them up. But every one I picked up had a wormhole in it. And, uh, our acorns really wasn't that good this year. And I was amazed. I was thinking, I wonder why deer are not tearing this tree up. I and mean, that was why.
0: And, uh, yeah, no huh interesting now have you have you seemed to find that i mean are there certain trees that the deer just seem to prefer like year after year have you found ones that just always seem to to you know that the deer seem to concentrate around i guess over others or is it you know more just about which one's dropping at at the right time
1: yeah i have found that it's especially on water oaks, and I think it's because they're so high in tannic acid. I've seen, you know, particular water oaks will really pay off, you know, year after year. And uh, down here, our swamp chestnuts, usually when they drop in, whichever tree happens to be the hottest at the time, and and the same with red oaks. And I believe it's, with the water oak, I believe it's because the the apron's not as bitter in a particular place or a particular tree, but because there'll be water oaks you know, a hundred of them dropping around that one and you'll go through and not see any droppings under those others and you come to this one tree and be droppings all under, you know, and it's the one they're coming to. But also a lot of times it won't be have anything to do with the, the type of acorn or whatever. It'll be just in the location of it. Maybe it's in a, a thicker place or a place where deer are coming through anyway, maybe a, a flow area there or something like that.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And the like with me as a bow hunter I'm wanting them really close you know if you got a a flat there that's you know covered with acorns it's it's kind of tough to hunt I have to really find that really hot tree but if I can find a funnel there created by maybe a slough or you know whatever a creek crosses a couple of creek crosses something like that and it's got a big persimmon right there or a a big chestnut or whatever then that'll draw them on down close enough I can shoot them
0: (laughs) okay all right so so early season obviously you're, you're focused on the feed trees i looking for the the one that is you know hot at any particular given time how does that change what how does your tactics change once the rut approaches
1: i, I still pretty much hunt feed i hunt feed and, and i'll have some funnels that i hunt and the, the thing about a funnel you know you'll find those places with with rub lines and all and, and that sort of thing and the only the only way to tell the and i'm talking to me as a bow hunter having to be close the only way to be successful at it is hunted it a few times and you'll find that sweet spot in that funnel that uh you know for, for being able to shoot them close and but but there again i like that i'd rather hunt food if i have a uh, uh, some food in a funnel, I'm really happy in. But I, I don't, and I have crossings, you know, your deer, if you got a good creek crossing and every deer for a quarter of a mile is crossing through or a slough, you know, maybe where these two big oxbows come in and there's a certain place they're crossing. Well, the, you know, the, the bucks are moving from that block across the slew to the other block during the pre rut especially looking for does or that first doe. Well, that's where you want to sit if you're a trophy hunter. Because, I mean, they bucks, like I said, you, the buck from a mile away will be coming through there.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, funnels and pinch points. What, I, I mean, are you still, yeah. as far as food, you still, you just focusing on those later dropping uh, oaks at this point?
1: Yeah, usually it's down to the last water oaks in. And uh, and hunting those. And I I like to hunt, I get more in the thickest, like pine thickets with a lot of honeysuckle and places like that. I get it. I like to hunt that uh,
0: during the late season. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned rubs and scrapes. How much do those play into where you set up during the rut? I mean,. Are are you ma- you mainly focused on feed and if there's some rubs and scrapes there then all the better or are you actively getting out and looking for rubs and scrapes close to a food the source?
1: Rubs the rubs and scrapes, to me mainly just tell me I try to figure out you know where the deer are traveling. You know uh, you know people that walk up and see two or three big scrapes and a rub and they want to sit there but you know. It, I, I, I'd rather find out where he's going and then try to figure all that out. Why is he going there? Is he going there in the daytime, nighttime? That sort of thing. I, I could care less. Of, I mean, if I, if I find a lot, I, I put more in deer droppings because, uh, then I do anything because a deer's, use, if you go through a place and there's a lot of deer droppings there, that means they, they traveling because you can tell how old it is, old, new, fresh. Whereas that rub is always there, and you, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he could have hit that thing a couple of times and not even come back to it. Right. Yeah. But if you you find the number one sign to to tell you how often something's coming through is is droppings. Now now everybody has trail cameras these days, and I I have some I have a few of them, and I put them here and there. But I actually I, I sort of don't like trail cameras. <laughs> And and uh, and I'll say, I mean, it's good, that especially if you have private land. You can see you got this moose on there, you know, and let this other deer go so you can kill the moose if you're a trophy hunter. But, but I'll give you a scenario right here, and this this is this is fact. Let's say say this was 20 years ago. We don't have trail cameras, and uh, you and I we're walking there, and we find, you know, a place that we think is pretty hot. I mean, there's some sign here, you know, it's just a hot spot. Well, we're gonna hunt it. And, and so you may hunt it this evening, you hunt it tomorrow, you ain't seen nothing, and you say, man, you come back and look, the signs, the sign's better. You say, well, I I mean, I just got to hunt it. And you'll hunt it another day, another day, and then you finally kill a deer there. And you're all happy, you killed your deer, you hunted it maybe two or three times. Well, if you hang a trail camera right there, and the deer only, he's only coming through there like twice a week, you ain't gonna hunt it. You'll say, man, there's no way I'm gonna catch this deer coming through here. He's only coming through here twice a week. I mean, it's hunting, you know, you, right, you, yeah. you, you have to be in a spot and it takes your confidence away. Yeah. And it does. I, I know guys, that, I know guys that'll stay home. If a deer is not coming through there every day or two or three times a week, you know, I mean more than that, four or five times a week, he's not coming through there almost daily. They won't even go out there. And uh, that's, that's crazy to me. I, I, you know, I think I had more confidence and enjoyed hunting more when I never used a trail camera. And but then again, I'm not a trophy hunter. I, I don't I don't care if it's you know I'm gonna shoot the legal one that comes by, and um, it's you know it's I think a lot of times people miss opportunities because they stayed home and that that two times a week that deer did come through there, and they were sitting on the couch instead of in the stand because <laughs> that trail came across
0: them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got I, hey, I'm I'm guilty of it. I got to watch it myself. You know, it, it goes both ways. You, it can go like you're talking about, you know, you don't see one, so you don't hunt it. And and the other thing mm-hmm. is, you know, he could be, he could be moving through there, but he may be moving 30 yards on the other side of your camera and you never exactly. see. Him. Exactly. And
1: exactly. I killed, I killed an, I killed a, a big 10 point last year with my boat and I killed, I had a trail camera on a, it's actually a, a beaver dam in a big Creek. And a lot of people hunt the Beaver Dam up close, you know where the dam's at. But I hunt on the flooded side of it, and they were a lot of deer coming around there. And I had a trail camera sitting there, and uh, I had I, I actually let some small bucks go there and had some does come through on the trail camera. They were coming almost daily, and I was I had already killed and what this at this time I had already killed every deer I could kill legally. I had to, I only could kill a buck with four on one side. I didn't have them on camera at all. But they were big rubs there, and I had nighttime pictures of them now. But I went down there and said anyway, and the buck comes through there an hour before dark, and I killed him. <laughs> had I been strictly relying on the the trail cams, trail camera stuff, then I'd I'd have been on the couch and not killed him.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and the flip side to that is too, I'll get a good one on camera during daylight, and I'll keep hunting that spot when I. You know when i should be moving around still and you know i'll hunt it if you hunt it a few times and and he ain't there you know you should move on but when when you know you got a good one in there it's it gets real easy to overhunt a spot too and, and, and just
1: i do i do the the couple of crossings i have i have one section of private land actually two little tracks of private land one of them's only like not even 20 acres and the other one's right behind my house where i walk from here to hunt it and uh it's, it's like a 60 acre track i can i uh, but uh, and it's basically uh, one big creek crossing, and then uh, when they when they cross it, or you know they go around that that beaver dam, the back side of it. When they cross it, they go like a crow's foot of trails. Once they go through, and I, I have rather than burn a, a really tight section up, and I really don't want to mess that funnel up. I got a stand sitting on it, and I have two lock-ons on the crow's foot of the trails. If that makes sense, what I'm talking about. And uh, I'll rotate them. I never set them the same. I set one one evening, one one morning, and I, but I may not go down there at all, but once a week. And you know, I, I, so it might be three weeks before I set the same stand. And I see, but but by doing that, I see deer every single time I sit there.
0: Yeah. Now you said something that made me think. One thing I didn't ask you: Do you hunt mornings and evenings pretty much throughout the season, or are you? you know early season are you just hunting evenings or uh, does that have, does that change throughout the season or what's your thoughts on that early, early
1: season early season i hunt mostly evenings and uh i mean i'll hunt if it, if it, you have a freak day where it cools down a little bit i'll hunt in the morning but i mostly hunt in the afternoons and uh it's a good time to catch up on the honeydews cuz when it starts to cool <laughs> off i'll get in trouble so I'll, I'll be gone a lot then uh yeah and uh and as it is the uh, this time of the year, when you have them 25 and 30 degree days in the mornings, I'm, uh, I'm sitting by the fireplace and <laughs> 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 I, uh, I don't like being that cold, you know, but I'll, I'll go sit now. I'll go get in a climb like two o'clock in the afternoon and set till dark after that. Yeah. And you know, back when I was younger, I was hardcore. Now I'd go set. I'd set a place in the morning and sit till, till like nine ten o'clock. I'd get out and eat a sandwich, go set another place till like two or three, and get out and go set another place till dark. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> but, those. But now I, mean, I, I don't do that anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't blame you there. It, it gets harder and harder to, to get through those all day sets the older you get. <laughs> yeah. yeah so what I guess now that uh, or at least where I'm at here and I, I think where you're at there the, the ruts wound down for the most part Um, what what are you going to be focused on I guess from here through the end of the season
1: I'll, I'll you know if, if I can like I said I know where some water oaks are dropping at right now and uh, I'll go hunt those I can probably get another week two weeks hunting out of those water oaks and uh, I have some funnels, of places that uh, you know I've been hunting these same places for years, and I'll I'll still hunt those funnels with deer moving. And and I were I i never never been a food plot guy or you know hunting fields, but uh, man, I were I DNR. Have done an excellent job on these management areas around here, and, and a couple of them have late season archery hunts. And I won't go set on the food plot itself, but I'll set. I mean, you can go look and figure out where deer come coming from. And you can go set uh set in the back of that food plot and kill kill something. Yeah, you know when I say set in the back of it, maybe be a hundred yards back there in the woods.
0: Yeah, yeah. The my my one my one WMA doe this year is uh, came off of a food plot on a WMA, and I and I t- and the guy uh, that's a new bow hunter that I've been hunting with uh, this year, he uh, he killed his in a green field as well and and i'm the same way i typically i don't hunt you know i don't even bother with with those food plots because you know you think that's that's where everybody's goes but uh it was it was just kind of a weird deal they uh they had clover planted in them but you know it's so hot and dry it wasn't until middle october after this particular wma had already had a gun hunt and that was over well that it wasn't until after that that we started getting some rain and cooler weather and the and the clover started coming up and those deer just started hammering these little food plots and uh that buddy of mine who was new to hunting you know he or new to deer new to bow hunting new to public land hunting but he's the one that kind of figured it out he went out to sit on a little greenfield seen a bunch of deer and told me about it well we started bouncing around all these little plots on the wma and Um, just seeing all kinds of deer and that's uh that's where i ended up shooting my doe and ironically the the only decent buck i seen all season i had backed a couple hundred yards off of that it was you know the rut was kicking up and i i backed a couple hundred yards off of that food plot into a bedding area Uh, but i could still just see a, a small portion of the field out there through my binoculars and uh sure enough a, a nice buck ran a doe right across the the food plot there as i'm watching from 200 yards away through my binoculars <laughs> uh, but, but yeah you can't um you know you can't always overlook like i said i always think of fields and that kind of stuff as all you know that's where everybody hunts don't bother with that but you know, it's, it's not always the case in this wma gets very little it's a big wma that one the one i hunt that um and the the archery hunts out there just get hardly any pressure at all. So really, I mean, it's kind of like hunting private land. Really, during the during the bow hunts. Now, once they have those check-in gun hunts, it gets hammered pretty good. But um, you know, before that, the, the deer, you know, on a pretty normal type of pattern that you would expect on on private land.
1: Oh yes, yes. That's uh. Well, if you think about it, on the WMAs, they'll get like it'll be like a war zone for three days. You know, on their gun hunts. And then uh you know, are the ones around here and they'll have a few weeks off maybe then another gun hunt and then another and that's it for rifles. But if you own the private land, usually on Saturday and Sunday every club member in the place is in there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and this you have know, that continuous. And so it's like I tell guys, it's there's a lot more freedom for you to hunt on public land, you know, out of courtesy. If I know you're hunting in a spot, I'm not gonna go hunt your spot. And uh, but there's a you have more freedom to go anywhere you want to on public land pretty much, as opposed to the club. You got your little section right there, and, and that's it. And or the ones that I've been in, right. And yeah. and uh, in this, I mean, I'm thinking right here off the top of my head, I guarantee you there's over there's probably forty thousand acres I can hunt around here, within thirty minutes. That's a whole lot of land. Oh yeah, yep. And uh, if a fella a fella don't mind burning some boot leather. You know, and it's getting that time of the year. Where people mess up is they. deer season's coming in. You know, this is September 1st today. Well, I better go scout. Well, man, on September 1st, I already got a dozen places that I know are probably going to be hot. And if I didn't get to go look again, I know I could probably go climb there in the afternoon and kill a deer. Or at least, you know, i leave the house two two hours earlier, and I can go check three spots and then climb the hottest one. Yeah, but but uh, I know all these spots at that time from walking them in January and February, and finding all that stuff, oh, and yeah. then maybe a one day walk in August. And and people these days they want to, they, and usually it's the guys that complain the most about public land, have done the least amount of scouting. That's right, and that's how they get. That's how they get themselves in those predicaments of. Uh, you know running up on guys because possibly they are run up on a guy that has gathered and and you know and you know you know you have to public land you have to plan a little bit, and you can't just have that one stand you got to have several of them figured out, oh yeah, but yeah. It's, it's it's really really good hunting, really good hunting. I killed twelve deer last year and I killed all of but a couple on public land, and uh, that's what a stick bow and my average shot. The For the last, uh, me and Chris, I know this number off the top of my head because me and my buddy Chris was talking about it a couple of days ago. The last six years, no, five, no, six, yeah. The last six years, and that's counting this year, I've killed 58 deer with a long boat and my average shot is 12 yards. And I've killed probably, like I said, 75% of them on public land. And, and granted, you now there's, I, I've killed some, I've killed a couple of nice bucks, but most of them have been, you know, just legal deer. Yeah. And, and my point with all that is if an old, an old guy that with a stick bow can have that kind of success simply from scouting anybody, especially with the longer range, you know, guys, I know guys that can shoot a compound and hit, you know, unbelievably well, you know, and I'm not condoning, you know, shoot 50 yard shots, but, With a compound these guys that that are better at 30 yards than i am at 10 you know right yeah you know and so i mean you know success can be had we have the best hunting in south georgia and and probably up there where you're at too that's it's it's unrivaled anywhere i mean in, in any other states as far as public land goes but from what i've heard you know
0: yeah yeah i've i've uh i enjoy it i love the the public land here i think georgia does an an excellent job with it and uh yeah there's there's plenty i think over a million acres of public land here in the state that you know people can go out and enjoy and uh yeah there's no there's no excuse at all to to be out there saying you know you don't have a place you can hunt Um,
1: you just got to be willing to and it's you know it's not work people look at it like work (laughs) you You know, you take your wife with you if you want to in, in uh, February and enjoy a nice walk in the woods and learn a lot. Even if you go in there and don't even get out of the truck, you ride the roads and figure out every block on the place, you know, from the truck one day. You learn a lot doing that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's my favorite you know, aside from the actual hunting season, that's my favorite time to be out there is is right after the season's over. Um, you're usually looking for an excuse to get outside, you know, you get a nice day. Yeah. and um yep yeah. and yeah you know i hear some people saying yeah. well you know just the deer sign you find then is not going to be applicable to you know the beginning of next season and, and that may be true but like you were talking about earlier i use that time to learn new areas to learn the lay of the land uh, to to maybe find those feed trees that i didn't know about like you were talking about or or those bedding areas, or whatever the case may be. I, I just try to learn more property, you know, every single year during that time, and uh, you know, oh, yeah. and just cover ground. You know, if you can pick up yeah. a, pick up yeah. a shed antler a, every now and then.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that. I got a fifty five gallon drum full of shed antlers. <laughs> I've picked up every year, and I mean, really, I, I I think I picked up a dozen this year or more. Probably probably more than that. And so I picked up one really, really good one on uh, a management area I hunt. That's uh, like wow. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know we got, we have some some really good deer down here. You know, and it's like I said, that, as, as long as long as he's legal, it don't matter to me. But but I, as I get older, I, you know like anybody else, I'd love to kill two big old giant rat bucks every year. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> But, but I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let them does go by to get him.
0: No, no, I, I don't blame you there. I'm kind of the same way. I have a hard time letting those walk.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you when you're hunting with a stick bow like I do, it's it's I'm you know a lot of guys they'll reach them. I guess a, you'd say a mature level in their hunting where, say a gun hunter, he he just just shooting any deer doesn't do it for him, and so he starts hunting bigger deer. And he challenges himself with killing that big mature buck, which that's, that's a good thing. You know, that's what he wants to do. And with me, it was a little different. I didn't change the quality of deer. I changed how I got him.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and when you, uh, you see, I mean, just, I mean, if you're sitting in your stand with a rifle and you got no intentions of shooting this four point that comes by 10 yards, I guarantee you, your heart's pumping when he's right there. And just imagine what it does when you got a bow that maybe even one you've made laying in your lap, and you got intentions of shooting him. It's it's, it's some kind of exciting. I mean, I I nearly hyperventilate when I shoot <laughs> one. I have to sit up there and I'll text a couple of guys, and just in case I fall out of the tree on the way down, I just shot a moose. <laughs> <laughs> I sent that actual text to a guy last year when I killed the big buck. I said, man, I, and I've I've actually started to come down the tree before and forget to unhook my safety belt. That's like hold on. What <laughs> i mean, be pumped. Yeah, and I, I- I'll never forget. And I shot a I shot a big eight point once, and I had to watch him for a long time. He came in and he he boogered up, and he was close enough to shoot, but there were some limbs hanging over him. He was like fifteen yards. And I don't know if you've ever known, a big mature deer, a lot of times, he won't bust out and run. And if there's a little something wrong, he'll stand there until he figures it out. And he stood there. I, I, he stood there so long, I almost wanted to sit back down. I mean, it was that long. <laughs> and he probably took a couple of steps, and he hit an opening there, and I, I shot and made a good shot. And he ran, you know, and I, I knew I had him but uh, my I actually dropped my bow it just, I don't know I relaxed my grip whatever I had a long bow I had made and it bounced off the ground down there and I come back to reality like crap I just dropped my bow <laughs> <laughs> and then the deer just you know, tore me up and you know, it, it ended up being a really nice for here it was a nice eight point I think he scored like 105 or something which that's not a moose for most people but for a bow you scratch together in your backyard now, I was really proud of him
0: oh yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah,
1: but but that's that's, that's you know I, that's how my I, I, the long you know people say well, you shoot a bunch of does I said man you, you get twelve yards from a doe with a longbow and uh, you'll realize it's not easy <laughs> and it's a trophy in itself just overcoming that you know you don't have to have big horns to be a trophy to me.
0: No, no, not at all. And yeah, there's something. Like you said, there, there, there's something about it's not necessarily the size of the deer. It's it's when you make that conscious decision as that deer is coming in that okay, I'm going to shoot this deer. I mean, I I'm gonna, I get tore up. It don't matter what it is, like you said, a doe or a oh, yeah. small buck or whatever. It's, it's once you make that decision that okay, I'm going to take this deer. Um, you know, the the old heart gets to pumping, <laughs> and that's
1: that's one thing with me uh, when I started filming my hunts. It actually gave my mind something to focus on that settled me, you know, like I'm trying to get the camera right, I'm doing this and that. And uh you know, it gave me something I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I I shoot shooting a longbow, you know, you know you got those sights right there. You got to you got to pay attention. You got to be be you know, focused and uh and and it's easy to get get buck fever to jump on you and you come apart right there and using that camera you know, I'm doing, going through all these steps and getting everything lined up, and, and it, it seems to calm me down more. I have a task at hand, in other words, instead of my mind just running 90 to nothing. Yeah. And, uh, and deer, you know, you get a deer down there where you can, you can see her eyelashes right there under you. <laughs> that close, it's hard to hold it together sometimes.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I don't. <laughs> yeah, and and man, I hope that feeling never goes away either, because that's that's uh, what keeps me coming back. That's
1: why I told a guy the other day. That's that's why I love it, especially hunting with the bow. You know, and and I don't get me wrong. Now I'm not against any other method of hunting. If, if I couldn't something happen, I couldn't shoot my bow. I I go buy a rifle tomorrow. I, I I don't even have a deer rifle. That's pathetic. isn't <laughs> <laughs> but my wife has one. Now granted you don't want to try to break in the house, right? You'll eat some buckshot. But uh I don't I don't have a I don't have a rifle. I just I just don't have one. I don't even not even interested in one. Yeah. But uh I my wife will tell you quick, I have way too many bows.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever known a traditional archer that didn't didn't have a, a, a collection. <laughs>
1: hey, bows are wood. They have a you can have you can have four bows made by the same exact person, and each one, they're like bird dogs. Each one will have its own personality. Each one will shoot a certain way, have a certain feel. It's it's hard to explain.
0: Yeah, that's that's something I've always wanted to try. I, I haven't haven't done it yet, but I, I I foresee giving that a a try in the future because it, it definitely there's the older I get, there's something um, that just appeals to me about the thought of just packing in a bow and some arrows and you know that and your stand or whatever you know but but that's it you know not all the extra gadgets not the the sights and the range finders and all that just you know just a bow and some arrows that that's definitely the
1: i can tell you there's a right way to learn to shoot and and you know if you go 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 to your local pro shop and 99% ninety nine percent of them guys have no clue respectfully have no clue about a traditional setup yeah and if, if you you can get with somebody and there's there's tons of people these days that do this way more than people know and get learn get you you know it's just like a compound if it's if it's not tuned and shooting correctly, you can be the best shot in the world but you're not hitting nothing because the bow's not tuned well a, a a traditional bow is the same way there's some tuning and Matching your arrows to it and all that sort of thing, but you get all that set up and, and get a, a just a, a a few lessons on how to shoot correctly. It, it's it's not as hard as people think. I could I could you could come to the house here and in two hours I have you shooting 5th size groups at 15 yards. And like I said, I got killed a 58 deer in six years. My average shots 12 yards. Huh.
0: Yeah. Well. I might have to, uh, I might have to get with you there at some point then. And uh, like I said, that's, that's something I would definitely like to give a try at some point. But uh, man, I've had you on here for over an hour, so I'll kind of kind of wrap this up. Um, I guess let's let's finish up with just uh, what what tip would you give maybe a, a a new public land bow hunter getting ready to go out there and give it a try for the first time what 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 advice would you give them
1: i would tell them to to the, you you gotta spend 20 times more time scouting than you do hunting when when i climb a tree i expect to kill a deer but i, I got to that point from walking me you know, a whole bunch of miles and and uh and just simply just like i said like we were talking about earlier you first of all pick you out the public land you want to hunt and and not necessarily let it be the closest one to you but do some research and find out the one that produces some deer and and has the most hunting opportunities for whatever weapon you choose to hunt with and uh, then just put some boots on the ground try to get away from people you can you go to a place and scout it after the last most most management areas have already had their last rifle hunt you right now and you go to those places and scout and not only is the deer sign fresh but the people sign is fresh as well and you can figure out where you don't want to go at and then you you start digging in and looking for for deer sign in the places where you where you think you may have a chance of having it to yourself and and uh the uh, the biggest thing i would tell anybody is is that you don't have to hunt with a traditional bow get you a, I mean like i said if something happened to me i'd, I'd buy a crossbow compound and i could if i couldn't shoot a longbow anymore and and get in some archery hunting is what i'm my point i'm trying to make because there's way more open doors on management areas for the archery hunter than they are for the gun hunter but you can always hunt with a gun with a, a gun or a bow during the gun hunt but you got to have a boat hunt during the archery hunts, and there's a lot of them places open right now for boat hunting only.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah. absolutely, and I'm uh, I'm thankful they're there. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But the biggest thing is the scout. You gotta you gotta walk and learn and and uh, be courteous to people. Everybody out there is doing just like you, wanting to hunt and kill a deer, and and there are some people out there that 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 should be doing something else. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you you need to, you know, be friendly with people, and you'll probably make some of the best friends of your life. Uh, I've got Glenn Solomon, a friend of mine. He passed away a while back. And uh, I shook his hand on the management area for the first time, and we were about to go to the same spot. And uh, come to find out, he he and another friend of mine were really good friends, but uh, I'd have never met him if I didn't take that second to walk over, you know, to his truck, hey, how you doing, dude? and I uh, heard uh, pretty much everybody in Georgia has heard of Glenn Salton.
0: oh yeah yep well, that's...
1: And, and you know you you meet some really good friends just by being friendly and you get tips and help and before you know it there's 15 of you camping there every year <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's those are uh, good times man definitely made a lot of good friendships through, through hunting over the years and uh yeah like you said just uh it's got to be kind to people and uh you know treat them the way you'd want to be treated when it comes to public land hunting and there you go but yeah man i appreciate that's uh, a lot of great information uh man i enjoyed it as much for myself but i know the listeners will get a lot out of it as well and so I, i appreciate you for being on here and i know you mentioned that you videoed your hunts and stuff i know you've been Putting some of those on YouTube, and um, I'll be sure to uh, I'll put a link to your page, your YouTube channel, in the in the show notes there, where people can go and and check those out.
1: Cool. I I just started last week. I only got a couple on there, and I, I wasn't really going to flood it, but I'll be adding some more to it there.
0: Yeah, you know. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to. Like I said, I've I've seen. Uh, where you shared a couple or one at least one there on Facebook. I haven't uh, I haven't gotten a chance to watch them yet, but I'm I'm looking forward to to yeah. checking that out. And I'll be like I said, I'll be sure to share that link with uh, the listeners as well.
1: Okay. All right. I, I appreciate that. They're they're fun to make. I'm I'm no uh, professional. I just a redneck with a camera. It's,
0: it's <laughs> fun to do. I'm right there with you on that. Yep. <laughs> I do it as much for myself as uh, anybody else's enjoyment, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to have them to look back on. Oh yeah. All right. Well, it was good talking to you and, um, good luck the rest of the season.
1: All right. Same to you, man. Good talking to you and good luck.
0: All right. All right, guys, that wraps up our interview with Robert Carter. Uh, hope you guys got as much out of that as I did. Uh, man, Robert is just a, a wealth of information and uh he he's certainly getting getting it done down there in uh down there in southeast georgia with traditional archery equipment and uh man i'm really hoping to uh, maybe next deer season to be able to get down there and and share a camp with robert and uh, if we can do that we'll certainly uh, make sure we uh get some good video content out of that and, and maybe introduce you to robert and heck maybe maybe get robert uh killing a deer on on video but uh, be sure to check out, speaking of that, be sure to check out his YouTube channel. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. Um, also put a link to our, the Georgia field YouTube channel in there. So you can check out the the couple of videos that we've, uh, put on there during the course of the season. Um, again, we just ask that, you know, if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, give us a rating. We appreciate all that. And, and that helps other people be able to find our podcast by doing so. Um, and also be sure to join us over on Facebook. We, of course, we have the Georgia Field Facebook page, and uh, you know I'd love for you guys to check that out and give us a like. We provide a lot of information on there as far as what's going on uh, in the state of Georgia as it pertains to hunting, as it pertains to your Second Amendment rights. There's some stuff going on with that now. Uh, we just keep you up to date on all that kind of information. Um, and also we have several Facebook groups, and those are all Excuse me. Those are all linked in our Georgia field on our Georgia field Facebook page. But um, the main one, uh, the largest one by by far, is our Georgia Deer Hunting Family Friendly page. Um, there's about we're getting close to fourteen thousand. We might be over fourteen thousand members there at this point. A lot of great discussion going on over there. And as the name uh, implies, that is a family friendly forum. We keep it that way um you know we uh, we we just don't put up with the nonsense on there that that exists in so many other groups so it's a place where you can get on there and you can share your harvest photos without any fear of you know the <laughs> the dreaded you should have let that one walk or he'd have been a good one next year all that nonsense um we just like I said we just don't put up with it over there so if you want a good group uh, a good group of hunters to get in with um join us over at the Georgia Deer Hunting family friendly Facebook page and again you can find that you can find it from our website at georgiafield.com we got that linked or you can go to our Georgia Field Facebook page and uh, all the all our groups the Georgia Deer Hunting, turkey hunting, Hog hunting, all that is linked from that our Facebook page so just be sure to check all that out And, uh, other than that, stay tuned. We will have, we will have episodes coming up. You won't have to wait too much for the next one. I can promise you that. And, uh, man, until next time, just hunt safe, shoot straight. And as always just enjoy your time spending God's great outdoors. Cause man, that's what it's all about. So we'll see you next time.